This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. No time like the present to pick up a new podcast. What do you think, huh? It'll be pretty good to pick up a new podcast. And we have tons of those on AMI-audio that you can check out. Some of our original podcasts this week include uh, Shaun of the Shed, AEBC's Triple Vision, and Connecting Disability. So that's a lot of new episodes of the podcast that are out already. Uh, also, for this weekend, you can look out for new episodes of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther and My Life in Books. And hey, if you're paying attention to AMI Audiobook Review, we have new episodes weekly as well. That's on AMI Audio. You can find these podcasts by checking for them on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be on Android or on your favorite Apple devices. All right, let's get into our app update as we do every Friday with John Bueller of The App Show. This is The App Show, unlocking software secrets for smartphones, tablets, TVs, and more. John, off the top of the show, we were talking about um, Apple putting out a message warning about uh, hackers on all their devices pretty wild stuff yeah. right now yeah not good yeah. but anyways but, we were just encouraging people to app- update their devices yep you were gonna say i, I was gonna say that that's basically i just tell everybody just always update yeah. your device especially when apple tells you to because mm-hmm. they don't tell you to unless it's really important exactly uh, but some good news is that apple watch is potentially going to become a self-check tool for heart attack symptoms. So um, I was telling our friends on the morning show that this feels like it was already in the works because of all the other things that Apple Watches um, have been capable of doing, especially when it comes to, you know, checking our heart rates. So what's going on here, though? Well, this is a really interesting development from the Texas Heart Institute, Uh, Some researchers there just published their findings. And what they were trying to do is trying to confirm whether or not the system for ECG functionality on an Apple Watch would be comparable to uh, a a more robust measurement system, uh, typically uh, for these types of um, diagnostic tests with an electrocardiogram. You would use a uh, 12-lead sensor, and basically you have a bunch of things stuck all over your body and that kind of thing. But the Apple Watch just uses a single lead, and you basically touch your finger to the crown, and that completes the circuit for it to do the test. And they found that actually it's pretty good at detecting things, uh, especially is a, a, as if nothing else, more like a, an early warning that something could be brewing. And so this isn't a feature that actually you know uh, will alert you yet in the Apple Watch. But they basically confirmed that the systems that are in place, if you do these regular tests uh, with your Apple Watch, are almost as good as the 12 lead. So the only thing that it needs from our end is just, you know, the same way that you would be checking for your ECG or, or heart rate, just put your finger on the crown. That's right. Yeah. So you do have like, it's not like an automatic thing like the heart rate, which mm-hmm. happens in the background. 
you actually have to go out of your way to do this. But it's probably not a bad thing to just do this on a regular basis anyways if you've got an Apple Watch. Um, it takes, like, I think 30 seconds to do. So uh, it's, it's not a bad thing, uh, not a bad investment of time in your health. No kidding. And the thing is, like, this technology, um, you know, people are working on the back end to compare, to contrast, and to to let us understand that, yeah, this technology is becoming so good that you could do this. Um, And then when you say, like, the early stages that something might be brewing, you know, do they give you, do you know about this? Like, do they give you messaging on what to do as a follow-up to checking? Well, I, I think the follow-up is to talk to your doctor. Um, right. But the um, the the bottom line is is that they haven't quite determined like what that early warning time frame is. Like, is it? Mm. Do you have a few minutes? Do you have a couple hours? Is it a couple days? Those are things that the researchers are continuing to sort of figure out. Um, but uh, sort of their intent with this research is that if you have like a regular um, I don't know if daily is the right right amount, but it seems like it would be a good idea. Uh, regular uh, measurement uh, with your Apple Watch over time, you'll see patterns, right? And, and right. those patterns, then the the software could then figure out, well, hey, something's not right today, and that might be a trigger for you to go like, oh, okay, well, I should talk to my doctor, or go to a clinic, mm-hmm. go to ER, whatever is appropriate, depending on the severity of the of the alert. How much of this do you think we'll have trust issues with? Um, because it's such early detection, I'm curious, like on our end, as, as the people who are just checking, checking regularly, et cetera, um, it, you know, the the whole like see it to believe it notion, if you're not actually feeling symptoms, do you think that enough of us will say, or, or you know, how important is it that we, we do say, okay, yeah, my, my Apple Watch is telling me that something's not right. I need to go and and double check this with the healthcare professional uh, rather than, you know, brush it off and go, eh, I'm not feeling anything I'm different. Fine. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Cause there's that denial of it um, anyway, right. Whether it's an Apple watch or not, or not. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's a great question. And it's funny. There's been some interesting studies about not just the Apple watch, but just smart watches in general and, and how much people actually, how much faith do they put in these systems when they do notice something that's health-related that's that's not right. And more often than not, doctors are happy to have a conversation with you because you're interested in it than the negative, like, false alarm kind of thing, you know, sky is falling, I'm dying kind of thing that Mm. some people might, you know, bring to the table. Doctors encourage you to have these conversations early and often with them. So it's it's not a bad thing, and I, I I think the trust thing that you mentioned though is really interesting because I'm I'm hoping that if you've gone to the trouble of setting up the health functionality functionality right. on your watch, you're actually interested in what it has to say, um, and you're not going to put it off because you're at a kid's birthday or something like that because you might not be <laughs> at their next one. Exactly. No, it's it's morbid thoughts, but it's very true, right? And then the the. Yeah. The other aspect, too, is like, you know, is everybody turning this function on and should everybody do be doing it? And will we versus, uh, yeah, I already know I have a heart condition. I already know I have a regular uh, heartbeat or, you know, something along those lines. So I'm going to be checking more often than the average person with an Apple Watch. So, uh, you know, especially because it takes that extra effort to actually do the 30 second thing, um, 
it means that we do have to put in that extra effort. It's the same thing for anything else, though, right? Checking your sleep patterns with the Apple Watch, checking your, uh, you know, your workout throughout the day, like your, how active you've been, et cetera, et cetera. Like you, you still have to put in the effort to use these tools as um, health check-ins. That's right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think more and more people are realizing that these are effective tools. So I, I think the trust is, is, is coming if it's not already here for a majority of people, especially when you're yeah. investing this kind of money in these devices. For sure. For sure. And then you keep hearing about how good they are, how accurate they're becoming and um, all that. All right. That's positive news. Or how many lives they saved. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about Facebook and Instagram apps because now they can track users by their in-app browsers. Well, this is fun. Yeah, and it actually, it's it, it's not just limited to Facebook and Instagram. This is TikTok, any social media platform where you click an ad or a link in someone's bio or any of those types of things in those uh, services. You're using basically your own version of a browser that that platform has provided for you to use. Well, as we know, uh, at least on iOS, Facebook had the door slammed on them for uh, not letting you, tra- not letting them track you uh, as you click through stuff and building mm-hmm. profiles about you. So this is one way they can get around that by adding those trackers back into your um, browsing. If you're using the browsing functions within Facebook and Instagram, and like I mentioned, TikTok as well. Um, so those those sites have the ability to to sort of bypass that stuff because you're in their world. You're not in Apple's world. Uh, and this is not uh, unique to iOS. This is also for Android. Uh, and the best thing to do is if you come across something you want to buy or you want to research or just click on anything, you can usually copy that link and then go to your browser and do it there. That will bypass the... The, the tracking mechanisms that Facebook and, and the like have added to those browsers uh, to, to to track you, which if you don't want that, that's the only way to, to bypass that. So to clarify, like let's say we were on Instagram and we we're scrolling and we hit a link in someone's profile um, and that link opens up in your Safari browser if you're using your iPhone. Um, is that still being tracked through TikTok? Uh no, but only if you've made the effort to copy the link. It's that transition between you're inside the app, uh, you click it, and it opens up like inside a little window, uh, inside TikTok, inside Instagram. Sometimes you'll be uh, you'll get a message saying you're about to leave Facebook or you're about to leave whatever mm-hmm, to go somewhere mm-hmm. else. Um, that intermediary page is what's actually doing the tracking, and they know where you're going. And in some cases, that tracking uh, mechanism can live on as you're navigating through, say you're looking at an online store or something like that, anything that you've touched, and even sometimes uh, your keystrokes as well. Wow. Oof. This is very, yeah. very, very sneaky. And now it's like when I when yeah. I get those messages saying, you sure you want to leave Facebook? And now, now I understand. They don't want you to because they want to keep tracking you. Whoops. That, okay. That's right. Yeah. All right. Good warning for this one. Let's get to the the last one on your list, John. Zoom uh, is rolling out of rolling out a fix for Mac app uh, security flaws that are going on. Yeah. So if you use Zoom on a on a Mac computer, um, you're going to want to update right away because there was a really bad security flaw earlier this week that they patched, or they so they thought, 
And so they've actually since had to put another security patch because it wasn't fully patched before. And this is a really uh, kind of evil thing, whereas if you were running um, Zoom, the the exploit basically leverages the installer, which requires special permissions to run in the background to do its thing. Uh, so when you when you get an update and those types of things, uh, it all needs to be able to update your system at the system level. And so what hackers had figured out is you can actually use that to gain full access uh, basically as an administrator to your computer uh, and potentially, you know, modify, delete, add, add files, whatever they were going to do. Um, it sounds like it wasn't extensively exploited, but um, like we talked about with the Apple stuff, just make sure every time you're going into Zoom, you're checking for updates or you have automatic updates turned on and then it'll, it'll, it should patch it uh, good for you. But mm-hmm. it's just kind of a little disheartening that there was two patches this week for Zoom on Mac um, because of the problem was so bad. Yeah, and that's just for Zoom. And then, uh, you know, it's interesting that we're hearing so much about Apple to begin with of late, you know, hacking and security breaches and all of this. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I don't know what that what that says. Is that because it's a larger community now than it was, you know, hmm. so many years ago when Macs were sort of security through obscurity because there wasn't that many of them and everyone was on Windows and Windows was the bigger target for the hackers. But I think some of the software now is... Um, you know, they rush it out for both platforms and maybe they're not, you know, some of these developers aren't doing all the checks and balances to make sure that those things are actually secure uh, on the yeah. Mac side. And we're seeing these. It, it doesn't seem to be so much uh, the Apple system. It's more so these um, uh, types of apps that kind of use some system level access to do what they have to do. And and then essentially the hackers are, are uh uh, basically sneaking in behind that in. particular. Yeah. Yeah. It's piling up though. I want to hear, you know, that Apple's doing something more about this. John, thank you so much. We'll catch you uh, next Friday. Sounds great. Take care. John Beeler of the App Show who joins us every Friday for our app update. And we're going to take a break, but we'll be back with some new Robert Half Canada research about people being worried about losing their jobs. This is Kelly and Company. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.